You're thankful he's in the house? <laughs> Amen, because he's in the house. Miracles can happen. He can take little tricks out of the neck. Amen. Hallelujah. Of our little girls. Amen. In, that in a moment of time that she can have a little stone to put under the oak tree. Because somewhere down the road. Amen. She may need something a little bigger. And she reached back to pull this as leverage, amen, that Jesus will show up and Jesus will perform the miracles and Jesus will come to my aid. Hallelujah! Blessed be the name of the living God. Blessed be the only wise God and saving God. I believe in miracles on a Sunday morning just like this. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give all the glory and praise and honor to none other but Jesus Christ himself. Blessed be the name of the Lord today. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Classes, you go to your classrooms. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers and classes and those that, amen, put the word of God into our children's heart. How important that is. Thank you, young couples, for bringing your children. Raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That you don't let the business of the world, amen, and the, the pulling of the world and the spirit of the world, the spirit of iniquity and the devil himself, rob you of bringing your children to the house of God. Hallelujah. That they may be introduced to this living God. That they may be induced to the word of God. To those that some put it Sunday school stories. Hallelujah. About Noah and Abraham and Isaac. About Daniel. Hallelujah. And three Hebrews. But oh, what powerful story that even you and I as we become adults reach back and get a hold of them and as we get a hold of them they get a hold of us they will an amen to pull us out of the fire they willing to help us along the journey hey I'm just a little excited about being in the house of God by the way hallelujah hallelujah cause Jesus is in the house a miracle can take place cause Jesus in the house chains can be broken cause Jesus in the house I'm the mender of all hearts and minds and lives hallelujah if you got any chance at all it's going to be in the house of God if you got any hope at all it's going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ if you've got any hope of eternal life and eternal period, it's going to be in none other but the only wise God. The, the only door there is called Jesus. I'm just a little excited about being here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you what. God's been good to us. Amen. He's been good to me. He's been good to this church. Good to you. Hallelujah. Good to America. God's been good to us. And we'll hold on to him. He'll continue to be good for us. Amen. He would bestow his goodness upon his people. That's what the Bible has taught us. Hallelujah. I'm glad that he has bestowed his goodness upon us. That fears his name. That reverence his name. Gives glory to that holy name. Amen. It's willing, amen, to stand for it. To baptize in it. To pray in it. To do. The Bible's taught us to do all words and deeds. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. That all ties together and unifies together where the glory belongs, where the praise belongs. Especially for you and I as Gentiles, as heathens. At one point in time, we had no hope, no promise, no access to God. That's what the writer said. Amen. To Jesus Christ came. And now the veil has been rent. And whosoever will, let him come. Hallelujah. I'm glad I've come this morning. How about you? Glad I've come. Amen. To be a part. Hallelujah. In the house of God. And the worshiping of Jesus Christ. Man, it's the best paycheck and the greatest reward you're going to get. It'll top any paycheck you ever got. 
Oh, yeah. It's going to top any benefit that any business world has been able to bless you with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what? These benefits are going to be for all. All walks of life. All different parts of the body. Hallelujah. Regardless of what part and place that position that was. Hallelujah. Some, amen, may not got any recognition off of this earth and from this earth. But God saw it, amen, as a part of the body that played a very important role. And sometimes, hallelujah, a role that's not seen very much, not recognized very much. But, amen, played a very important role to keep the strength and the unity of the Spirit and the love of God flowing in difficult times and difficult situations. Hallelujah. It's that, amen, that's hid beneath in prayer. It's hidden beneath in a, in a secret place in a prayer, prayer room, closing the door and closing everything else out. Hallelujah. You know why? Knowing with the revelation, understanding if I'll do this in secret, with the right attitude and right spirit, God, amen. God will declare it and manifest it, amen, and for his purpose and for his reason. Hallelujah. You can't hide the benefits of God, ladies and gentlemen. Even upon this earth, the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. God's been good to us. Bendel, Mississippi. Amen. With the pandemic and different things going on, God's been good to us, blessing us and keeping us. And so let's continue to pray for our world and that around us and our, our county, our state. Amen. Hallelujah. That God would just keep us. That we don't have to go back into some of that stuff. And you know what? Our prayers and desires can make the difference. You know, I believe sometimes the unrighteous is blessed because of the righteous. I believe some spouses are blessed because the other spouse, amen, has committed themselves into the Lord. And so they just get to splash off. Amen. Of the benefits that's poured out through that vessel. Amen. They live a much better life. And the blessings that come, amen, that we don't really deserve. But yet because of the choosing of that spouse of living for God, amen, and committing themselves unto the Lord, God, amen, is going to owe no man. Hallelujah. So he blesses. Hallelujah. You're never going to beat the financial plan. You're never going to beat the peace plan, the love plan. Hallelujah. No other plan man's got can substitute or take the place of all the plans of God that's in the Word of God. And that's, amen, that's also the plan. Amen. To overcome the devil and have the strength and energy. Amen. To overcome the devil. Hallelujah. To keep ourselves from being deceived. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the fivefold ministry. Thank God for a body of believers. Thank God we got a place that we can come and keep our head on right. Keep our thinking right. Keep our heads out of the fog. Keep our heads. Amen. To find a place that we can get our heads above the clouds. Hallelujah. That we won't get so depressed and we won't get so down and out. Hallelujah. We know there is a body that's connected. We're connected to something. Amen. It's alive and well. And growing today. I know the devil's doing all he can to stop it. But you can't stop the church of the living God. In fact, more persecution, the greater hallelujah causes to break out in more places. The more they persecute the church in the book of Acts, amen, it broke out. Not only the Jews, amen, he went to the Samaritans. And he stopped there and made his way to the Gentiles. So praise God. It's our attitude as we respond to this. Hallelujah. Soon let me put the fire out. You know what we ought to be doing? Lighting other fires. <laughs> Boy, you try to swap this. That's all right, devil. I'm going to just let it spark out here and get two or three more going. Hallelujah. That, de- that neighbor you've been using to be such a devil and a thorn in my flesh, God's fixing to save him. That's right. Praise God. God's fixing to convert him. You messed with the wrong one. Good to be here. Lord, have mercy. Cling to righteousness. Man, it's a time to hang on and hold on to righteousness. Not just any righteousness. 
There's all type of righteousness. You hear a man tell it. <laughs> we want God's righteousness, don't we? Isaiah's made it plain to us in Isaiah 64, I believe it is. Amen. That man's righteousness is what? It's filthy rags. Man, if you make a search and look at that, he told me a search is made in the iniquity and none could be righteous. And none even had the passion, desire to seek him and call out to him. God has dealt with this earth a number of times throughout the history of man where man turned to wickedness and, 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 and iniquity. Amen. And, and you can look in the book of the Judges and the time of Noah and, and even since that time with the Israelite people and putting in Egypt, coming out of Egypt, going into the promised land. Hallelujah. Proned and subject, amen, time after time to turn to things of iniquity and unholiness and unrighteousness. I'm telling you something. It's going to mean something in this end time to cling to righteousness and not just any righteousness, but the righteousness of God, the righteousness, amen, that sits on the throne of our heart, the righteousness of God that sits on the throne of our spirit, the righteousness of God that sits on the throne of our minds, that controls our actions and our response to the world around us. And it's not out of fear, amen. Yeah, fear of God, but not a fear of the devil or man that can destroy the body. There's a fear of God that can destroy the body and the soul of reverence, amen, that God's got this thing and God's going to work it out. Hey, I'm telling you, it's not a time to lose our confidence. It's a time for our confidence to increase. It's a time for our faith to increase. It's a time, amen, hallelujah, to believe more than God than we've ever believed in him. Hallelujah, that he's going to work. He's going to do a work among his people. He's equipped a church. He's bought a church. Amen. The church belongs to him. You know what? God's going to see this body make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God's going to see this and he betrothed. Amen. He said, I've gone to prepare a place. If he's going to prepare a place, he said, I'm coming back. Why wouldn't he want to keep us? Amen. If, he, if he's going to have somebody to come back and get. Paul makes it plain, amen, that somebody's going to be walking upon this earth in a moment. Twinkling eyes going to be changed. Those that dead in Christ are going to be raised further than we that remain alive. Amen. In him. Going to be so somebody's going to be walking in God's righteousness. Hallelujah. And I want to be one of them. How about you? Ellen, don't be excited about it. I want to be, I want to be, you know, I want to have the spirit, man. We're not ashamed to be who we are. We're not ashamed not to cut our hair. We're not ashamed to keep our hair cut. Used to, man, we kept our face shaved and all this other stuff. But boy, that's making the inroad, ain't it? I'm gonna keep mine shaved. Tell you right now, I don't look like no southbound or nothing. I just leave it like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you what, there, you, you do a little study on history, do a little study on all that stuff. You see some of the first things, amen, when people start backsliding and doing all this other stuff and some of the spirits that got a hold of some of these guys and what they look like. I'm not interested in being a queer. I'm going to tell you that right now. You can say what you want to about that. Hallelujah. I don't have no, there's not one cell in me, amen. I have no desire, amen, of that whatsoever. But you know what? It's by His grace. But I'm telling you what, if we don't fight against it, it'll make its way in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're not interested in any of our ladies, amen, trying to man up and not like a man. Praise God, hey, I'm the man around here. I'm the man, I'm my spirit man. I'm, I'm, I'm. Praise God, I'll tell you, we all got to find our place. We all find our place. I'll tell you what happened. Things will sail a whole lot smoother, baby. They won't be in as much turbulence and things of this nature. Hallelujah. Whenever things lined up and in order, hallelujah, things just sell a whole lot better. That's what I'm after. Praise God. Cling to righteousness. 
We must cling to righteousness no matter the evil influence around us. You're not going to like this. Well, you might. I don't. I understand the reality of the pandemic. I understand the effect it can have upon us. Lord, have mercy. I am not in agreement that it will swallow us up. It'll last another five years. I'm telling you, it ought not to have. You say, well, that whatever you want to. We can't do this and we can't do that and we can't socialize with this and we can't. I'm going to tell you something. The pandemic didn't ever keep us from touching God and through touching the head. Guess what? When you touch the head, the head touches the rest of the body. And the more we connected the head, the more we connected by prayer. Amen. About the Holy Ghost. Even when we couldn't physically connect together, there's a power in the spiritual realm. I said, there's a power in the spiritual realm, honey. Woo! That'll keep us connected and keep us unified. Keep us walking in the straight and narrow way. This thing ain't a physical thing, sweetheart. It's a spiritual thing. When I can't, watch this. Paul said at times when he couldn't get there, he said, but I'm with you in the spirit. I ain't out of the word of God. I'm in it, baby. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, buddy, in this warfare of righteousness, hallelujah, when the devil's doing everything and God allows it. He's got a reason. You know why? He says, because my body's big enough, it can handle it. The world will crumble apart. The world will try to hide and connive and do. But the church, the church is going to just keep on marching. The church is just going to keep on having revival. The church is going to keep on believing. Let me ask y'all something. When Pharaoh and them that was over Israel in Egypt. And, and they knew that you're not Joseph. Got on the scene. And he began to make a head count. He began to say, you know what? That bunch in Goshen there. A bunch of Israelites. They're more than we are. And if we get in a war, if they turn against us, we're in trouble. He said, you know what? We're just going to start putting up some tactics and ways. They quit having them babies. the Holy Ghost this morning. Hallelujah. Right in the middle of this pandemic, sweetheart, spiritually speaking, we can have babies just like we are. In fact, you know what? They're going to be stronger. They're going to be more mightier. They're going to be, hey man, know how to fight. Come on, I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. We're clinging to righteousness. We're clinging to, hey man, to righteousness that'll get us through every trial, that'll get us through every battle, that'll bring us out on the other side. We couldn't burn up. We couldn't be drowned. And neither we're going to let some pandemic, amen, rob us of the peace of God, the love of God, and the faith of God. Hallelujah. This may be too much for a Sunday morning. I don't know. (laughs) Just store it up and cut your piece off every once in a while. Hallelujah. You can eat an elephant one bite at a time. May take a few days. Some of us may eat it. Man, I'm telling you, you know, Reese's Cups, it used to come out about that big around, wasn't it? Now they got them. About that thing. Used to when you say, man, I'd like to have a Reese's Cup, you know. Man. <laughs> Woo! Can you read? Can you, get all, can you read one of them whole Reese's Cups one time? Huh? I know some of can. I got some around the house. <laughs> they like them recent cups. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. It's about like that coconut pie my wife made here a few weeks ago. Amen. She got there. She cut it in half and cut them other pieces. And, I, and she got her piece and they got a piece. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take my piece. And I just wish take those out of half. She got looked up at me and said, <laughs> anyway, I didn't do it. But anyway, it was kind of funny. And so here it is. Hallelujah. The word of God's the same way. If you can't get it all this morning, just store it up and cut it off as you can get it. Hallelujah. You can chew it up and die because you got to swallow it. It may be sweet in your mouth, but honey, it's got to get in the belly. If it's going to ever do any good, it's got to get my front. It's got to get from this pleasure I don't get further than this old pleasure point. There's a lot of things taste good, but really not real good for you. But I'm telling you, amen, the word of God's good for you. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you what, the word of God can change your life. But you've got to get the word of God in you. You've got to let the word of God rule you. And not only the word of God, but the spirit of the word of the God that we serve. We've got to know more than just a letter, baby. We've got to know the author. You don't have a true revelation of the letter unless you know the author got to know the author so that's the same way with righteousness not man's righteousness not man's idea of righteousness hallelujah but we got to have God our righteousness is filthy rags I want his righteousness I want his heartbeat focus first this morning revelations 2 these are going to be dealing with verses 12 through 17 what a church amen we find in Pergamos hallelujah what a powerful church what some insight that we see about this church. We know the scripture taught us that the gates of hell shall not prevail against this church. Hallelujah. Thank God. That means that God can build his church right up against the gates of hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Gates, gates is where things go in and out. Church can be built right up the gates of hell. And we could reach in there and pull some out. Even the garments being stained. <laughs> And also, amen, we can also stand against the stuff that comes out of the gates of hell. Hallelujah. Trying to cause disunity and trying to cause separation and hatred and envy and strive and all this other stuff. Well, I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost talked to me a little bit. Amen. Just before coming up here this morning. Amen. Go over and you look at that. They call that sucker fish. Hallelujah. Anybody know what that sucker fish is? That sucker fish, amen, really can't swim on its own. It can, amen, it's a good swimmer, but it burns up all of its oxygen and energy if it has to swim the whole time. They don't have the so it's got amen when it's born and it's on the top of and the back of it, amen. It's a little sucker thing, it's a, it's a deal about that long. It depends on the size of the fish, amen. And they attach themselves to another fish, hallelujah. Now, I don't really care for what they eat. <laughs> Go back and read it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't go into a lot of details about it, but uh, amen. They eat the skin, the dead skin and things and clean up, amen, the fins. And, and for, the, for the larger fish, it's a benefit. But you know what? They sucker up to it. Amen. And let that, the larger fish do all the swimming while they just sit there and die and eat. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Hallelujah. So, so, hallelujah. Some, if we're not careful, if we can allow the wrong spirit, hallelujah, to get a hold of us. Suck up, not, not possess us. Amen. But suck up to us and get a hold of us, even as a temple of God and the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I tell you, the Holy Ghost will drive it out. And the Holy Ghost will give us victory over it. But we got to reach the place that you, you suck the life out of me. Amen. This is the last service. You're going to suck life out of me. Uh, I wasn't expecting this either. That's what they do. Free ride. That's why a lot of people want to do church. They just in it for the free ride. They just ended, amen. Oh, God, please help me here. I'm not, I don't have a mean spirit. 
I don't. I promise you I don't. But if some people look at the church, all they want somebody to pay their whatever bills they have. Huh? Why they spend their money on pleasure. Know what they want and what they desire. I ain't got no money to pay my electric bill. I got two packs of Marlboros. I don't know how much it costs. Somebody told me a while back, I don't know, it's five, six, seven dollars a pack. If you smoke two of them a day, you can pay your light bill. Now, that's the truth. I got to have something to comfort me. No, that thing's sucking you dry, buddy. It's killing you physically, and it's robbing you spiritually. And you're, you're letting that thing, amen, to get a hold of it. And that's the same way in a lot of attitudes and spirits. I'm telling you, the Bible, in the, even in the New Testament, and the letters are written there. We're constantly warned, amen, by Peter and Paul about envy and strife and bitterness and all those things. Those are spirits, amen, that can connect to us even with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen, that can get a hold of us. Hallelujah. We can call them whatever we want to. I believe those spirits can be handed down from one generation to the next hallelujah if you don't do something about it if you don't plead the blood and war against it there's some spirits are i can put it this way attitudes hallelujah because how we raise them according to what kind of how many of you believe that an atmosphere makes an effect okay. that's one thing so amazing about this particular church it's where this church was at the geographical location of this church. <laughs> Amen. It makes all the difference. In fact, if you read your lesson, the writer said that this church was the farthest one to the west, which made it the closest to the Romans. <laughs> For time's sake, because I don't want to run out of time here. You watch some of this begin to unfold. You watch some of this begin to transpire. Now, now, for the most part, uh, some of them is a little hesitant. They call it the Greek myth and uh, a mystical like, and they're, they're really a little hesitant about nailing some of it down. But when you read the scriptures about this church, you read what this church was exposed to and the location of this church. And you read about, amen, the martyr of this church and what happens. Hallelujah. I just can't help but believe that all of it's not just a myth. But if we're not careful, even the Christian world really don't want to talk about how that God will allow a man by animus, a man, to suffer, amen, and become the martyr that he did for the church. Hallelujah. At, at, at Pergamos, hallelujah. As you watch him as the bishop and the one that John the revelator set up just a few years prior amen to go into the Isle of Patmos and as a bishop there and this is some of the myth that's talked about him said that amen he would got to such a place and a walk with God because this place had three temples amen that was built unto other gods amen and one of those temples amen was set up in the government and they say that this particular city amen was kind of the throne place and the foundation where the government amen perpetrated and all all of Asia in the political realm in the government realm this is a place a man that they would there was a must of temple that was built unto Caesar amen and to those that even followed after him and they would call him to be God they would have arches built 
and temples built. They had a place and an altar built that you would come and drink wine and offer up and amen and confess him, amen, to be a God. They didn't have no problem, amen, do you worship any many gods as long as you come and bowed and worshiped Caesar, amen, and bowed to their government and their political their instructions and guidance and, and passions and desires. But Adamus wouldn't do it. Hallelujah. Finally reached a point in place in prayer because the third, second temple at this particular city was a place in one of those front of the first and you can do a study on it it's there amen of a hospital but it wasn't no ordinary hospital hallelujah in fact amen there's a big sign out on the front of it hallelujah no death was allowed anybody that was diagnosed that was surely going to die they couldn't come to this hospital they didn't want their priests, amen, their physicians that, that control this hospital. They didn't want anybody to come, amen, that they didn't, didn't know for sure that they was going to live. They didn't want them to come be a part of this hospital. But they let those come that knew their ailments and, and they could overcome them. Now watch this. The access into this temple and into this place was underground through a tunnel. And they would come and they would come at night time. And they would give them a, a drink, a sedative that would help put them to sleep. <laughs> because in this temple, there was non-poisonous snakes that would be loosed in the nighttime. You would come and you would go to sleep. And as you slept, amen, if those snakes, one of them happened to crawl across you, that was a symbol and a sign that you was going to be miraculously healed by this God. Amen. This this individual, watch this. This individual, if you look him up and watch who he is, you're going to see him holding a stick, a staff. Amen. And a snake coiled up around it. Look on your amulets the next time it goes by. And look at that symbol on the side of that amulet. That stick, amen, with that serpent. I'm going to tell you again today, and I'm not against medicine, but I'm telling you that same thing. Those is not individuals. Those are spirits. And those spirits are alive and well and working. I'm telling you, and our society and they're trying to overpower us and overrule us and every little pandemic and every little thing they can send across our country and across the world amen to try to, to paralyze us and try to dictate but I'm glad I know the great physician I know the healer amen I know the protector I know there's not a disease and there's not anything amen that he can't heal and deliver and if he don't see fit that's all right the grave ain't gonna hold us anyway so as you watch some of this we begin to understand why what is written in these few verses about this particular church and about some doctrines and some spirits. I mean, you've ever heard me make the statement about the Jezebel spirit? They want to burst them before. Want to live it up, party hardy, fornicate, do whatever, and still go to heaven. I've sit at funerals. And listen to their so-called priests, their spiritual leaders, put them in heaven. And they live the life that I'm talking about to the fullest I just told you. I'm telling you, those spirits are alive and well in the good old United States of America. And the church is the only hope she's got. Amen. That we'll cling to holiness. And we'll cling to righteousness. God to righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you ever have to go to Walmart now and you have to... And it's not just the women anymore. My goodness, say some men go there, they ain't got even hardly a good pair of underdrawers on. They're so impressed with themselves. That preacher said that. 
So you young man, button up your shirt and quit showing that one hair. <laughs> Show them guns, brother. Show them guns, brother. <laughs> and he been talking about them guns this week. We worked them guns some this week. <laughs> Hallelujah. He didn't have to go home and work out. Hallelujah. You got paid, though, didn't you? Hallelujah. So you know what? That's the same way in your life. I've got to do it. It's not about us. Hallelujah. You watch this. Even the Lord, even Paul, that's what he's talking about. I didn't come with enticing words and man's wisdom. Hallelujah. I come with what? A demonstration of the Spirit. It's a demonstration of the Spirit. If there's ever been a church that needs to get back into the demonstration of the Spirit, of the Holy Ghost falling and the Holy Ghost moving and moving among us and baptized. I pray, amen. I pray this morning. Baptize us with the Holy Ghost. Baptize us with the Holy Ghost. Baptize us with the Holy Ghost. Give us some old-fashioned moves of God. Pour out your spirit in this place that everybody's struggling with whatever spirit. You may be struggling, amen, with fornication. You may be struggling with pornography. You may be struggling with this lie thing or that thing. Come on now. You're not exempt, sweetheart. You're not exempt of the candidate of God. I tell you, the devil's got his crosshairs on you. But anyway, the myth goes that, that supposedly that, that animus and to miss, I guess I'm proud. He was, it reached the place and casting out so many demons. Because when they would go to this hospital and in that process, most of these people came demon possessed. But this is the myth. They said the priest of that place came to the governor, told him, said, hey, we've got to do something about these Christians. And especially the bishop said, demons came to us in dreams and told us that he's casting out too many and he's messing up the demonical world. Amen. In this city, he's got to go. So, the governor says, okay, because it's connected, baby. Don't you ever think that White House ain't connected to this. They're not ruling this. The prince of the air is ruling this. They're doing things they don't even have a clue. They're, they're so blinded by the enemy, they ain't even got a clue what they're doing. They're saying one thing and doing another. That's just, that's just that's how the devil works. He says one thing and does right the opposite. He says, I'm doing good, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. The whole time, signing those executive orders. Hmm? Huh? Oh, yeah, let them all in. Let them, come on, we can have them. Screaming today. <laughs> Saying one thing, doing another. That's, that's the way the devil works. But anyway, Lord have mercy, let me get back. I don't need to get on all that. <laughs> sure enough, so they call him in. It was a, a mandate. When they called you in, the governor says, you've got to give obedience and give reverence to Pharaoh, or I mean to, to the uh, uh, seizure, the emperor. And he says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You'd have to drink wine and offer a sacrifice to him. And he wouldn't do it. Now watch this. The third temple was an altar. The seat of the devil that your scripture talks about. That seat is a throne. It's a throne. Come on, ladies. I'm telling you, there's only one throne. Who's going to sit on that throne? Now, let me ask us something. Who's sitting on the throne of our lives? Hmm. 
And so in this third temple, it was built. And at this altar, the seat, we do a study on it. The Germans came and tore this altar down and carried it. It's a thousand miles from where it used to be in Germany. Just prior to Hitler becoming the leader of Germany, they'd done that. One of the most wicked and vile leaders and dictators that this world has ever known. Just prior to that, this altar was ushered into their country. But at this altar, they had a, a bronze bull. It was a big belly thing with a head. They had pipes in the head of this, this bull. And how they would die, they wouldn't bow. They'd take that individual. They would tie him up in a way to stick his head up in the head of that old bull. And then they would set, build a big fire underneath it. And that bronze, amen, and they, as that fire heated up, it heated up that bull and actually roast him. And out of that bull's head, you hear the moanings and the groanings and said it was almost like the bull would come alive. We've been protected a long time, but I'm going to tell you something I felt in the Holy Ghost this week. I got, got scripture. Every time God blessed Israel, Israel, almost every time, how those blessings become a curse. We've been protected a long time. And if we're not careful, this protecting is almost going to become a curse to us. That we don't want to suffer not one ounce of pain. And if we do, we don't think it's some God. And that's the reason everybody wants to say that's nothing but just a myth. Because they don't want to face up to the fact that God will allow his man to die and suffer that type of death upon this earth. For the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm in the Holy Ghost today. I'm telling you, we, we mumble and complain about every little pain and every little struggle and every little battle. But I'm telling you, if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, we've got to get over that. And so you don't get the attitude of the apostles, God. Rejoice and thank God. Hey, I'm in the midst of a fire. I'm in the midst of a battle. I'm in the midst. Hallelujah. For the name and for the gospel's sake. Well, I know we don't like pain. We don't like, I understand that. But on the other hand, it's part of it. It's going to be, you're going to suffer. Watch him. I got scripture after scripture. You're going to suffer for my name's sake. What was one of the main things in that letter to this church? <laughs> Notice the next thing. They always kept the name. Because the power's in the name. The deliverance is in the name. Salvation's in the name. Healing's in the name. Peace is in the name. There is no other God. There is no other Savior. There's not going to be another King. There's not going to be another Lord. Watch him. He said, what did he say about my faith? In all of this, you didn't lose your faith. Even after the bishop had died like that. Again, if you go back to that book of martyrs. I decided to go back and look and just see if I chance if they had it written in there about him, but they didn't. But you know what they had wrote in there? They had of another young lady, a man that was at the same city, at the same church, at the same time. And describes her as she becomes a Christian. And she has a little baby. And so they bring her before the emperor. After, after actually they put her in a dungeon away from her child. Trying to get her to recant. Trying to get her to, to, to confess that Jesus Christ. That she wasn't a Christian. She wouldn't do it. A couple of the guards felt compassion for her. 
And the child is such an infant, it has to be breastfed, okay? And so they would sneak that baby in twice a day so she could breastfeed that child. Finally, the day come whenever she was brought back before the emperor. Her daddy comes running in into the court at the time begging her with the child in his arms. And for the child's sake, come on, come on, pal, give, give, give obedience to it for the child's sake. But she would not do it. Got to have a love for him. It's got to be greater than the love for that baby. We say amen and all that, but, but could we? Why? We've been shaped and fashioned and formed for so long that when he comes to one of these, we'll do whatever. For that child's sake. We'll spend, spend, now some of them will throw them in the trash can. And others will spend millions of dollars trying to keep life in them. But I just wonder this morning. Would we be that dedicated? Would we be that sold out? That would still pay the price. You know what the comfort is in that? God's the one that blessed you with that child. And God will take care of that baby. I've already said a lot here this morning, no doubt. As we watch some of this, amen, as we go through some of this. Because there's some things that really concern me. Watch at the very beginning of it. The angel of the church, Pergamus, write these things, saith he, with hath what? Sharp sword with two edges. Two edges. I ponder this off and on again this week as I studied this lesson. Two edges, two edges. Uh, we've seen the sword, you've seen the one sided one, we've seen the two edge one, just most times straight, two edges cut both, cut, cut both direction. But even again, again, and, and this is the first time I've ever really had even thought of it in this manner and in this fashion. Amen. Uh, I, I, I remember one time I felt the Lord as two voices. Amen. Two-edged. Why? Because it takes two witnesses. Amen. For, for death. You, one witness can't get it done in the Old Testament. But watch what this week. It just seemed to come to me. And I, I'm not saying nothing. But I'm just saying. You got Old Testament and New Testament. We're living in a world today that wants to just do away with the Old Testament. Got some that wants to obey the Old Testament, not the New Testament. Got some that wants to just throw away the Old Testament and all the grace and we can just live and do. Two-edged sword. Touch both of them. Both of them. And watch this. We're going to be judged by both of them. Some. Some by the law. And some without it. I'm glad Jesus Christ came and fulfilled what he fulfilled. But that didn't exempt me from those Ten Commandments. Watch this. In the Old Testament, you couldn't eat certain things. And when we get in the New Testament, people feel the same way. That, hey, we can just eat what we want to eat, how we want to eat it. But that's not right, is it? 
four things that the New Testament was taught that you can't eat that that's been strangled. You can't eat the blood. These cats that want to take their, their steak and just sk, sk. And it's still going when you put the knife in it. That's not Bible. Because it's life in the blood. Man, we miss so much sometimes. You know why we're in the mess we're in? Because of so many doctrines now. Now you watch. These same spirits are alive today. And working among us. They're alive today and operating even here. We're living in a, in a world today that, that you know, they, they tell me, I've had them personally tell me this. You don't know what's in my heart. And I know I say this all the time, but, you know, it's not, and they, they literally done this, it's not in my hair. Well, that's funny. Ask Colonial Church about that then. Because huh. it's all about identity. That's not all. And we're going to talk about some of this probably Wednesday night, maybe. Try to. In that 11th chapter, he talked about hair. He talked about communion. You know what that whole first first Corinthians is all about? Unifying. Getting back in unity. Because they didn't cause so much division and confusion and schisms in the body. And What are we going to believe? What do we believe? We're in that today, aren't we? Not, not just, I'm not talking, I'm talking in general. People that call themselves Christians. Man, that covers such a, a broad area now. But for the most part, none of them doesn't want you to say anything to them about their salvation. You hear it all the time. I don't talk about politics and I don't talk about God or religion. But tell me which two. Rules and reigns our world. And our own lives. The very ones that the devil don't want you to do no talking about. Me and the man upstairs working it out. Not without a church you're not. Not without a priest in your life. Not without the anointing of God you're not. You're not working nothing out. You're on your own buddy. When you're outside this book. You're you're on your own. And when you stand before that judgment day. You're going to be on your own again. You're going to be absent some witnesses and a lawyer. I wonder how many cases. You know, everybody kind of lies whenever they hear about this guy, you know, which killed all these folks and all done all this stuff, and he's going to be his own lawyer. Duh. We already know you're a basket case and what you've done. You better get somebody with a silver tongue. You better get somebody. <laughs> so. So we watch some of this, and, and I know time won't buy, So I'm just going to go through some of this. Watch this. Uh, the two-edged sword. I'm sorry. What, what is it, the two-edged sword? Amen. What, what, what is he talking about here? What's, what's so important uh, about the, the two-edged sword itself? Amen. The, the Hebrews 4 and 12 puts it this same way. He says, for the word of God is what? It's quick. It's living. It's powerful. It's sharper. Than any two-edged sword piercing even dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is the word of God. The very heart and the intent of it. I mean it, it's, it goes in between. It's, it's, it penetrates.
hearts and the most core and spirit and, and who and what we are and intents and, and, and things of that nature. And this is reason it's so important to make sure that the word of God, amen, is alive and well, it's living. And if it's not alive, if we don't have a love for this and, and a reverence for this and a hunger for this, our chances are going to make it is going to be very slim because I'm telling you there is a demonical force and there is an adversary, amen, that, that Peter makes it clear to us. And, and without being vigilant, without being sober, hallelujah, without having revelations and walks with God and the Holy Ghost working, I'm telling you, like, we're going to allow ourselves to be deceived. Thank God for this two-edged sword. This is not the first time, but notice this is so important for this church because because he wanted the messenger. He wanted him to understand who this is coming from. Not only that, but how the church is going to be judged. And how we're going to be judged. It's by this two-edged sword. And who's carrying this? We know this is none of Jesus Christ. Also, this is how we fight. In Revelation 2 and 16, 16 he says, I will bring it to thee quickly. And we'll fight against them with what? With the sword of my mouth. The power of the tongue. The power of the word of God. That's a reason, man. Especially people that's gifted can memorize it. And, and they taught us and instructed us. Great prayer warriors said hey even times of prayer if you can just start praying the word amen and quoting the word of God it's something about the word but it's got to be spoken it's got to be spoken by faith but as you do that it activates something it activates a power and the move of God and the Holy Ghost because the spirit knoweth amen hallelujah you and I may not know at times even in prayer what the mind of the spirit and the heart of the spirit but when you start quoting the Bible and you start praying in the Holy Ghost and getting those mornings and places like that it knows the mind of the spirit which means the head hallelujah we're just a member and a measure but we can get in that realm and get in that place and intercessor and interceding hallelujah and the power of God can give us direction and give us comfort and give us the victory that's how all this works together amen over this why is all of this so important amen as we watch this unfold I know thy works I don't miss a thing folks what comfort new words this, this watch this the same process the same pattern Amen. It's in every letter. And he always gives honor and glory and praise to what's working well and what's successful before he ever goes into the other. And here, and, and he's, he talks about, I know the works, but, but watch this. And where thou dwellest, I know where you're at. I know what city you're in. I know what kind of spirit you had to wrestle against. I know what kind of temptations you have to face. Every church don't face the same thing. Every church, every country don't wrestle with the same spiritual levels of demonic forces and truth. And if America don't wake up, we're going to be like Brazil. I'm not off. I'm telling you, we're not off. And if you and I don't make the Father's business our business... Our own community can be gobbled up. It's not just drugs. It's the spirits that's driving it. And we need to think that it's not, not going to affect our babies. And our grandbabies. It's like that old fish. It's actually like that old leech, a man, that could suck the life out of us. I watch this. I had some in the hardware store this week talking about this pandemic and 
all the stimulus checks and all this other stuff. I still just believe if we from the White House down would have done like we'd done on 9-11. We'd have walked out on them steps and said, We're going to pray. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to humble ourselves and pray. But since we didn't choose to do that, the opposite is happening. And we're being sucked dry. Because this country's got to be broken. This nation's got to fall before the devil can do what it wants to in this world. Because as long as this nation can stay on its feet and support the gospel and keep working with missionaries and we'll stand. And we don't have to be the majority either. That's the reason the church has got to go, folks. The power of the church. Now, when is it going to leave? I don't know. How much tribulation? I can't think of much more tribulation than being boiled and roasted inside of a bull, ladies. I can't think of much more tribulation and persecution than having looked over at my infant child, amen, and saying, I'm sorry, amen, but I'm not bowing. I'm not giving in. Revelation of the wrath of God is going to be a horrible thing, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm seeing some things right here, right here with this church that it had to face in the city that it was in. Now watch this. And I'm, I'm trying to hurry. I know my time's going to get away. And I ain't got very far. But I know as thy works where thy dwellest. Even where Satan's seat is. This, is. this is his throne. This is where he sat. Now watch this. Where do you feel most comfortable at? Man of house? Where's the end chair at? I room this house. That preacher can say what he wants to, but I just throw that in there, really. Just kidding. The devil felt comfortable in that city. This is my city. I'm comfortable here. Church don't have a chance. God showed him, said, hey, if I can get some believers, I'll put a church right next to your seat, right next to your throne, because a seat represents a throne, and he wants the throne ship. He wants to root the pride's what got him out to start with. Pride's what got him kicked out of heaven. Pride him when he lifted himself above God. None of us is above the head. None of us is above, amen, the authority and the power of the fivefold manager. None of us, amen, could be where we are without the mercy and the grace of the Almighty God. Devil had his way, we would none made it here this morning. It's God's grace and mercy that I'm here. I don't deserve it, but that is the truth. So watch, watch what's happening now. How did he operate from that? Spiritual wickedness in high places, rulers of darkness. That means we sit in sit on seats of making decisions, making calls. Even for a nation. A lot of them don't want everybody coming in here from these other countries. Some of them's worried about jobs and, and sucking the Social Security dry. But it goes a lot deeper than that. What about the spiritual side of it? How many of them that's coming over here that's devil-possessed? And looking for a road in. 
They tell us politically speaking, that's what happened to Georgia. They had such an influence of new people that moved into that state in the last four years. That's what helped flipped it from. Because they brought other ideas and doctrines and opinions. And can I say this? For the most part, most of us, amen, it's just in us that we don't want to change. What causes that? Watch, watch some of this unfold. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. What, what, does, he, what does he mean by that? He didn't say their faith. He said, you holdest my faith. Do we believe he's coming back? Do we believe it to the point that we'll give our lives and be put in the ground knowing he's coming back? And I'm willing to die for it. Brings you right back to the very principle that Jesus taught us about the cross. Brings us right back to the place for the body. And each member of the body. For this body to survive, every member of this body's got to be willing to die for the other member. That's the only true thing that keeps pride and arrogance and selfishness and individuality to get a hold of us. Because I realize unless you survive, I can't survive. Unless you have revival, I can't have revival. That's the reason the Bible says weep with them that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice. We're connected. And watch this. No members by itself. So if Brother Andrew wins Haifa Bendel, I get to rejoice with him because he didn't do it by himself. He might have been the message carrier. He might have been the one that knocked on the doors. But Andrew couldn't have done it by himself without the rest of the members. But if we're not careful, the individuals say, well, I'm the one that went and knocked on the doors and I'm the one that done this, and I'm the one. I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep on that so much, but, but I'm telling you, God's going to help us unify in Bendale, Mississippi. Because that's the only way we're going to make it. It's the only way we're going to survive. Watch this. I'm trying to hurry. Same time. Lord have mercy. Even in those days wherein Antimus was made faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. That's reason I don't call it so much of a myth. If Jesus put it in this Bible, baby, it happened in some form, in some fashion. You can bank on that. You don't have to worry about it. Where Satan dwelleth. And God let them. But you know what? They didn't lose their faith. They didn't change cities. They didn't run to another church. Find me an easier way of believing. Man, y'all got too many rules and regulations. Y'all got. Y'all can't do nothing. You can't go nowhere. It's called for quiet, ain't it? We just want to have a little fun. 
I'm getting there. You watch this. <laughs> now the 14th verse begins. He said, but I have a few things against thee. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. He's going to bring our attention. Amen. And, and uh, Lord have mercy. I know I don't have all the time I need here. Um, I'm almost sure I, I thought I did. Watch Peter's writings. Which have forsaken the right way. We know what the right way is, right? Often throughout the scriptures, the way. And are gone astray. Following the way of Balaam. Who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But was rebuked for his iniquity. And the dumbass speaking with man's voice forbid the madness of the prophet. I know none of you don't know about those television evangelists. And, and some of them, they're, they're, they're billions. Billions. Jets. Things. One thing after another. And they even got tongues. You know, I was informed this week that somebody thinks we're a cult. It didn't hit me until a little later on, but I'm going to go back to that individual the first chance I get and tell them not to worry about it. They told Jesus that he was casting out devils by Beelzebub. So don't let it bother you. And call us whatever they want to call us as long as we line up to that book. As long as we'll stay inside this. You let, let, let them say, let their, here's the key. We're going to cling to righteousness and we're not going to let the influence of the world and the spirits of the world. Hear what I'm telling you? These spirits were alive and well. Amen. Here. Watch this. A few things against thee. Behold the doctrine of Balaam. It was a doctrine of Balaam. Wages. Bottom line, it's about money. Some will sell out. Some will lose their own soul over it. Some churches will sell out. Some preachers will sell out to it. And, but how did it? There was a spirit that, that made its way in. And to get this big crowd, we'll, we'll let up. We'll start, we'll start okaying some things. And I'm telling you. We're still wrestling with some of those old spirits. Who taught, who taught Balak to, to what? To cast his stumbling block before the children of Israel. To watch this. To eat things sacrificed into idols and to commit fornication. What's the two most pleasurable things? And I know I'm being a little blunt here. What's the two most pleasurable things we enjoy? I'm not trying to embarrass nobody. Mixed multitude. Watch our two biggest problems is running rapid in the United States today. All that didn't come from just, just, and I know the lust of the flesh and no, there's spirits behind that stuff. There's the doctrines right there. Cause them to stumble. Cause them to miss out. I don't have the time I look to take you back to numbers. Because it's in that valley. It's at that place. Amen. 
that the young prophet, the young young uh, priest, Aaron's son, Eleazar, amen, cuts the cake. When he sees the young man comes in before Moses and all the people, right in their face with the midnight little girl, and goes into the tent, and he rears up out of a zeal and goes running into that tent and takes a dagger and kills both of them and starts the plague of God upon them. But I think, if I remember, 24,000 people had already died. Pornography's making its billions. That's not the worst of it. What kind of inroads is this having in the spiritual realm? That we constantly have to battle more against and come in contact with. You can't even hardly drive down the road. And some wonder why we try to keep about the dress code. It's not a dress code that's important. It's a spirit we're trying to keep out. It's a spirit. Spirit that'll get a hold of us. And I'll tell you something. It's a lot easier to keep it off than once it gets a hold to get it out. But he's telling them, you got some in the church. He ain't talking about just the city here, folks. In the church that's holding these doctrines is practicing them. You know what the doctrines was? Pleasure. It was taking the grace of God and okaying their lifestyle. You'd be shocked. You'd be absolutely shocked. How many even pastors that's got their flings on the side. And call it of God. Don't tell me we're not spiritually warped. Spiritually blinded. Then they want to tell us not to get the Holy Ghost. Can't happen. That's what the next one's about. For hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans? Which thing I hate. Nicolaitans and their doctrine. You can't gain the world and live for God too. You can't enjoy everything that you possibly can. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then come in here holy and sanctified and ready on Sunday. Telling you, he wants the throne of your heart. He wants the throne of your mind. He wants you. How's a good way to measure that? Where's your mind at? Where you spend your time? Where you long to be at? Where you desire to be at? Church has got to be more to us than just when I get here. Just true God, man. There better be some times at the house. We ought to fellowship and companionship because there's some spirits that's trying to dominate me. And you and none of us can handle those spirits. I don't care how tough and how mighty you think you are physically. 
and how educated or any other thing. I'm telling you, we're no match for it. That's the reason we have to have the Holy Ghost to guide us, to comfort us, secure. That church would never survive that if it hadn't been for the Holy Ghost. And they made the sacrifice for the kingdom of God. Pergamos. What a church. The seed of David. The devil was in it. The closest, amen, to the Roman Empire. And the Romans wanted to dominate. Now for the most part, now watch this. Up to some of this, the Jews didn't find favor with the Romans. They didn't want to come under their laws. I can take you back to Pilate. When Pilate told those Jews and they brought Jesus, said, you go, you go. Said, under our law, we have no right to put no man to death. That's what we had to bring to the Romans. That's the reason prophecy had to be fulfilled to be crucified by the, the Romans. The Romans were some of the most cruel, ungodly people on the earth when he came, amen, for crucifixion. And the styles they would use. God, God, God knows, folks. God knows. God sees. Remember that. I know your works. I know where you dwell. Anybody ever heard me make this statement? If you knew where they come from, you'd realize they're doing, they doing good. Hey, some folks... Depends on where they come from, what family they come from, and things of that nature. And you, you make of that or whatever you want to. I don't care. Still the truth. They're doing pretty good. They're living a pretty good overcoming life. They, from the genes and from... Everybody can't be good looking like some of us. Everybody's not the same in gifts. Everybody's not the same. I'm sure I can get some of these teachers and tell you, all oh, them students. And there's, there, you know, it's not all just a cut, cookie cut deal, but, but still, even the Lord gave one, 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 two, one, five. God knows where he dwells. God knows all the ins and all the outs. God knows all your yesterdays. He can remember better than you can. That ain't all. He knows all your tomorrows. That's the reason he bragged and boasted on this church. Because it was fighting some battles and forces and demons. Some of these other churches, what? What's this? He knows where you dwell. Did you know where you live in this community make a difference? Most of us rather live at the end of the road and the only one on the road. Right? No neighbors. You don't have to worry about neighbors, you know, coming on your land. You don't have to worry about... Y'all looking at me. You want to say, yes, you're right, man. You, I can name a few. We've all probably at one time or another said, man, I wish I'd lived somewhere else. 
I mean, if I'm going to wish for something, I'm going to wish for 10,000 acres and I'm going to be right in the middle of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even a lost man wouldn't be able to find me. <laughs> He'd take, give up, turn around, and go back. <laughs> but you know what? That's not with the church. God didn't put this church in a corner. God didn't want us to get in a cave somewhere. God don't want us to. Because the only chance of this world and the only chance of this community is for the church to be the church. And may it be willing to be made to make the sacrifices against the demonological forces and powers of evil, even if it costs us our life. It's there. Praise God. Church, you just keep being faithful. You hold on to these doctrines that you know that's in this book. Don't you let our world and our society around us. One of my biggest concerns even now from this pandemic. And I said it from the very beginning. What's going to be the results at the end? What kind of effects? What we're going to open ourselves up to? Give ourselves to? They're telling me that some churches still don't assemble. But I wonder how many is really going to assemble back after the king. It's a whole lot easier to, you know, I don't have to get up to 945. Get my cup of coffee. Push that little screen around there. Have church. Somebody told me a few days ago that somebody in this, in this community, their church is out of California. I said, I wonder what that member's going to do when they need that church body to reach out and get a hold of them. That they need a physical presence of the rest of the body because they're in a situation. If it don't show up, they fix it and go under. I'll tell you it won't work. Don't listen to that lie. And these these better wake up and realize it. That won't work. It ain't going to work. <laughs> well... Love you this morning. I really do. I, I know I'm, man, very concerned uh, of, very concerned of some things that's happening, some things going on, some spiritual things that's transpiring. Uh, we, we can stand, but let me say a few things as you stand here. Uh, as, as we talk about these uh, doctrines and what took place, uh, we, we realize that What's this? Peter wrote about it. They believe James or Jude wrote right after Peter, not long after. And you hear some of the same stuff. He says in, in Jude, third chapter, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was a needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should what, earnestly contend for the faith that once delivered to the saints. For there are what? Certain men crept in unawares. Already in the church. Unawares actually means unnoticed. So they come in, they came in in a manner in a way that they was able to get in, go through a certain amount of the process, and get into the church. Without being suspected, without unaware means unnoticed, unnoticed. 
But as time moves on, and as they begin to pursue things they would like to indoctrinate, Things that they'd like to, directions they would like to go in. How many battles and struggles have ever been for the music department of the pulpit? That's not of God. God's not the author of confusion. Neither the gifts of the Spirit should ever go in a different direction than. This pulpit's lining up and anointing and obeying this. And all the rest of it's got to do the same thing. If it's not, then it's operating through a different spirit. Got a different agenda. What is that? That's the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. It's a doctrine of Balaam. It's spirits that are still working among us today. Really is. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into what? Lasciviousness. That means a license to sin. Are we living in that world today? Let's just be honest. We are. When you say Christians, and everybody wants to put under that umbrella of Christians and religion, we're from one extreme to the other. But we're going to stay balanced. And I want to say it again this morning. You can't let the pleasure. Pleasure can become a God. It's called our own belly. What we enjoy doing. We, we find gratification. We find pleasure out of. That's the reason you got to watch that phone. I ain't being ugly. But how much time you keep up with. I'm going to say whoever. <laughs> whoever. And compare that time to how much you spent talking to God. What, what I'm trying to get us to understand. How did the devil get Eve? What did he do? What did Paul say? Adam wasn't deceived. What did Eve tell God? That serpent beguiled me. Watch this now. Please don't, don't be offensive when I think. Later on in the New Testament, we're taught how it's wise for the husband, the weaker vessel. Listen, what if it's saying? When he talks about the woman, the weaker vessel. And I know that perturbs some of y'all. I know that, spiritually speaking. It does. Especially in the world we're living in. But watch this. Who's the woman who plays that role as the body? It's the church. And when it comes to the church and God, 
who's the strongest. There's a spiritual principle there. No, we've tried to make everything physical. We've reached the place now that we don't want even to train our own children to be a boy and a girl. All that stuff don't just come. It comes from spirits driving it. Doctrines, 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 teachings, beliefs. We may be shocked if we really took a good examination of our beliefs and unbeliefs right here. We'd find out we're not near as unified as we think we are. And then I could ask, how many's got the Holy Ghost? <laughs> God's working on us, ain't he? God loves us, church. He loves us. He loves every one of us. I love you. And God's working. And folks, here's, here's, what, here's, here's something that's got me worried. Already concerned. Could we see ourselves becoming these churches, of these seven churches? Somewhere along the journey. How many of you believe that in this community... That the devil has some places he could call his seat. See the point I'm trying to make? And this church is the only hope. Not just for them. But what about for them overtaking the rest of them? I keep keep hearing little rumbles. Okay, what's this? Sister Diane Barry, did you ever believe that you'd see alcohol sold in Loosedale? Me neither. I'd never believe we'd uh, go to Loosedale. I assume Walmart and all them's got it. I don't know. I don't, I don't go in there. That they'd actually sell alcohol in Loosedale, Mississippi. But they keep rumbling, folks. Could they? Your superstore had to add on. So there's, it's a real warfare. It's a real battle, and it's a spiritual one. And you can tell if you're winning or not by the fruits that are produced. You could tell if the spirit of iniquity's winning or the spirit of righteousness. Even in a local assembly. Because if you watch the local assembly. If you can take pictures of the local assembly. Watch this. How many of you remember the little briefing that I told you. Andrew showed me uh, of Brother uh, Williams. That he'd went to uh, Brother. uh, The black gentleman. Seymour. I believe it is. Haywood. Haywood. And he showed the conferences. And several hundred years back, it was mixed and mingled white and black. And I mean, just, I mean, it was very obvious. Boom, boom, boom. Then all of a sudden, during the Civil War time, and all of a sudden, it went, the whites began to just disappear. It was all blacks. Y'all watch this. I'm just going to put this out there. 
The way you and I can tell if we're winning against the spirit of iniquity and doctrines of Balaam and doctrines of that, just watch us. Our dress codes, our music, where we spend our time, the things we say about one another, how we feel toward one another. Now, we're kidding ourselves if you think the devil is just going to sit on the sideline out there and let this church just do what it wants to for God. That's not going to happen. But if you and I cling to righteousness with the right spirit and the right attitude and a clean heart, guess what? God's going to fight for us. That doesn't mean that some of us may have to pay, not pay the ultimate price. Because we're no better than Perkins. And we all have to pay it in a sense. What do you mean? Except he die. Paul says, I die daily. It don't necessarily have to be a, a physical death. But what about passions and desires and my wants? And I want it my way. <laughs> Them little bitty ones can get it their way. They can cry at 2 o'clock in the morning. They get ready to mess up a diaper. They don't care if it's in the middle of a wedding. <laughs> right in the middle of supper most of the time. You're just fixing to eat. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I got to go. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Same way living with God. Let's hang in here, folks. Let's cling to righteousness. This is right, folks. This is right. Let's hold on to it. Let's cling to it. <laughs> Don't let it go. And that's what this church done. And all those trials and all those. 